Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 74 of All About Fitness. Today, I'm all about fitness. I'm doing a quick fit tip where I'm going to be talking a little bit about exercise science. Mainly, what do we learn from exercise science, and how can we use exercise science to help guide us for what we're doing in the gym? But before I go into a few thoughts on that, I want to answer a quick question from a, from a listener in Los Angeles. Greg emailed me to ask a couple questions about leg training, and I'm not going to go into detail. He sent me a lot of information, and we had a little dialogue back and forth. But one of the, one of the questions that Greg was asking was, he's been having knee issues, and he likes doing squats. He wants to work on leg development, but he finds his knees are bothering him doing regular exercise like squats and lunges. Well, this, is, this can be, you know, number one, well, first of all, thanks for writing, Greg. I, I appreciate your taking the time to do that. Number two, it can be really hard to kind of give an answer without really watching somebody move and out seeing what's going on. Now, a lot of times if people are doing lunges, more than likely you're probably stepping forward. And if you're stepping forward, they might be putting a lot of force into your, into your knee. A lunge is a great exercise, but your load should be going, most of your movement should be going into the hip, not necessarily the knee. So one of the suggestions I gave to Greg, and I sent him a couple of links to a couple of blogs that I've written on the topic, but one of the suggestions is you do a backwards lunge. Because if you're doing a backwards lunge, you're stepping into your glute. You're sinking into your hip. You're creating hip flexion automatically. And that can protect your knee. So if, you're, if you are ever experiencing knee pain or knee discomfort from doing lunges or squats, one thing is do, do it backwards. Step back into a lunge instead of stepping forward. And by stepping back, you're sinking into your hip and put a lot more strength into your glute, which is a lot bigger muscle. Number two, instead of doing, instead of doing squats... My recommendation is do Romanian deadlifts or do hip hinges. So a squat is when you're using both your hips and your knees, but a hip hinge or a Romanian deadlift is just that. You use your hip. You don't really bend the knees. You keep the knees a little bit bent, but you're not putting the force on the knees like you are doing a squat. So my recommendation to Greg was you do hip hinges and Romanian deadlifts to develop the hip strength, the glute strength, and the strength through the posterior chain as opposed to doing the squats, which, you know, again, if I can't really see what's going on, I don't have an idea of what to correct. So if you're looking for ways that you can develop leg strength without putting a lot of pressure on your knees, do rear lunges, step back into the, and step backwards instead of forward for a lunge, and do hip hinges or Romanian deadlifts instead of doing squats. I'll try to have a link to a blog on that below in the show notes. If you have any questions that you would like answered on an upcoming episode of Quick Fit Tips, please, by all means, send them to me. Now, keep in mind, I can't really diagnose any pain or any medical issues, (laughs) definitely not via email and not over a podcast, but I'm more than happy to provide a little insight into how you can do exercises like for your legs in ways that might cause less pain or might move you away from discomfort. So back to today's quick fit tip. A couple weeks ago or a couple quick fit tips ago, I talked a little bit about research and I want to go into that a little bit more. Because there's a lot of information out there. You know, one of, one of the things that, that you know, you'll hear me and guests talk about or guests and I talk about is, you know, one of the, the most aggravating things is, well, I saw this trainer on Instagram or I saw this person on Instagram or I saw this on YouTube. And I think it's great. There's a tremendous amount of information out there with any piece of information about exercise science, especially as it relates to exercise science, always you know, take it with a grain of salt. What may work for one person or what may work for one group of people may not necessarily work for you. And that's one of the challenging things about exercise is that every individual, each one of us, what, there are 300 some million people in America, and each one of us has a slightly different physiology. We're built basically the same, you know, we have the same kind of systems, but everybody's going to have a slightly different reaction to, to exercise. 
And all studies do, what a study does is they look at a brief period of time. They, they take an intervention. And, and, and remember, exercise is a physical stress applied to the body. So when a study, when an exercise scientist conducts a study, they identify an intervention, let's say strength training, let's say the bench press. And they want to see what t- how does this type of bench press affect strength development in the upper body, specifically the pec major, the pectoralis major muscles. And so they take a population. They may have a population of 10, 12, 20 people that are doing a bench press workout. Now, if they're doing a good study, they have a control group that's not doing a workout. And they, have, they, con- they compare how did the intervention work compared to the control group, and they get some result based on that. And they said, well, based on what we observed, if you do X, Y, Z for workout, for bench press, you should experience ABC as your results because it's what we observed. Now, keep in mind, studies can tell you almost anything. You can organize a study to, to provide some sort of evidence in almost anything. You know, when you read studies or when you read information about exercise science, what you want to do is look at the source. Is it a research study, meaning was it conducted in a laboratory setting? If the answer is yes, was it done by a research group in a university, usually a, a team of master's students or PhD candidates, you know, doing some study work for, to support a thesis, primarily for their master's or, or, or doctoral work? Or was it sponsored by an equipment company? For example, you know, an equipment company might say, hey, we want to have an exercise science lab because some exercise science labs and universities take money from equipment companies to do tests, to say, all right, we want to validate this equipment. We want to see how this equipment performs. Can using treadmill X help somebody burn more, you know, more calories than treadmill Y? So look at, look at the reason why they did the study. What was the purpose of it? What was the purpose of the study? Was it for a specific piece of equipment? Was it for a specific intervention? Look at the study length. How long, how long was the study? Was it just a test, testing situation where a group of people came in and tested one day and they, they recorded the observations? Or did the study go on for a period of time, maybe you know, weeks or months? You know, the challenge is in the university setting, most studies are only a period of maybe 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks because they coincide with the semester. You know, a university semester is only 12 to 14 weeks, maybe a little longer, maybe a little shorter. So when you're working with, when you have the, the master's students and the doctorals, doctoral candidates doing the research, they only do it for finite chunks of time. Now, if you really want to get nitty-gritty into some good information, you want to look up what are called meta-analyses or research reviews. What a meta-analysis does or what a research review does is a research review does an analysis of a series of studies. You know, Brad Schoenfeld and Brett Contreras did a great one a number of years ago, about four or five years ago, on abdominal training. I'll see if I can find a link to it and have it in the show notes. But what they did is they researched, they looked through 200 pieces of literature, about 200 pieces of literature, on core training, because they wanted to find out, is, do, are doing crunches bad for us? You know, some people say yes, some people say no. So what they did was they conducted a research review. They analyzed 200 pieces of research to say, hey, these studies found this. They, they, they do a comparison of different studies. So anytime you see a research review, that's something you want to pay attention to, because that is what, what the scientists are doing, is they're looking at what have other people found? What have other people observed? And they say, you know, because if you see... If they do a review of 200 pieces of research and maybe 120 people kind of observe the same things, you can start to put trend lines together. You can start to put patterns together. And then you can come out and say, hey, in our meta-analysis of 200 pieces of literature, you know, we found that 70% of the time A happened or 70% of the time B happened. That's when you start putting information together. 
So, you know, the, the advice to you, my advice to you is be, have an open mind when it comes to exercise. Almost anything will work. You know, it, it's, you know, you just have to matter of how is it applied. We don't, when it comes to exercise, we don't want to apply too much too quickly. That's one of the only hard and fast rules is exercise is stress on the body. Doing too much too quickly or doing too much at any one time could put your body in an overstressed situation, which is extremely harmful. And if you haven't exercised in a long time or if you've been laid off, out or whatever, haven't worked out in a long time, by all means, especially if you're over the age of 40, go see a doctor. Find out. Make sure you don't have any underlying stressors. You know, I can't, I can't, um, can't exaggerate, not exaggerate, but I can't elaborate how important that is because exercise is stress. You might have an underlying heart disease. You might have high blood pressure. You might, you know, have onset diabetes and you don't know it. If you have some sort of underlying existing condition and you're unaware of it and you start exercising, your body's going to have a different response. So that's why if it's been a while since you've worked out, if you haven't, you know, been working out regularly, please, please, please. You know, schedule yourself for your annual checkup just to make sure you don't have any underlying stressors. I make my, I try to get to mine every year. You know, usually within a month or two of my birthday. This year, you know, everything came out well. You know, went and saw the doctor, everything was good. You know, he recommended, you know, <laughs> you know, he's like, okay, you could lose one or two pounds. Well, I'm fine with that. I don't care. You know, I've talked about that. You know, but, I, you know, I'm active. Heart rate is great. All my, all my cholesterol levels are great. You know, I know that there's no underlying pre-existing condition. And seeing as how I'm halfway through my 40s, I'm 45 years old, I want to make sure I get checked up every year just to make sure that nothing, nothing happens with that. So the point, of the, of the, the point of this quick fit tip is look at the source. Anytime you hear new information, anytime, whether it's on my podcast, anybody else's podcast, whether you see it on Instagram, look at the information, look at where it's coming from. Who was it produced by? Was it somebody, you know, was it, you know, a lot of stuff on Instagram, hey, these people aren't even qualified certified trainers. Doesn't mean they're not smart, but they haven't gone through the steps of being going through a certification. You know, the one thing I try to have on here with a lot of my guests is I try to have a lot of guests who are speakers in the fitness industry. To me, that, that kind of puts people a step higher because you're putting yourself out there. You're going to have people push back and pressure test you. Say, hey, I may agree or disagree, agree or disagree. But people who are going out educating other trainers, educating other fitness professionals, take their time. They've done the research. Most of us have master's degrees. Some, I don't have one. Some even have PhDs. These are the people you want to pay attention to. So always look at the qualifications of the person you're getting information from. If it's a study, what's the research group? How large was the research group? How long did the study go on? Was it one-time testing or did it go on over a course of weeks? So look at all this information, then use that to make a decision about what you want to do. Because remember, just because it worked for somebody doesn't mean it may work for you. There's going to be a little trial and error to find out the best way to work out for your needs. Anyway, I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness, trying to give you a little bit of helpful information about how to read or kind of go through certain studies to find your best information. Also, what I think I'm going to start doing is every two or three quick fit tips, I'll probably pull up some recent research and talk about it and do it like, what's it mean for you? You know, so I'll start doing that as we get into 2018 here. It's only a few weeks away. I'll start pulling up every few quick tips, every two or three quick tips, quick fit tips, I'll bring up a little bit of research and talk about it. You know, what are we finding out? What did we learn? What's new? And go through it with that. And if you have any questions about what you can be doing for exercise, anything you'd like me to answer that's exercise, not medical related, please send it to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Thanks for stopping by All About Fitness. Thanks for tuning in. 
Have a healthy, happy day. And I look forward to having you catch me on future episodes.